Let's get into the Word. Let's just do it. Go to Genesis chapter 35. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 35. We're going to start at verse uh, 16. Are you happy that it's not a thousand degrees outside? Are you happy that it's, it's somewhat cold? No. What's wrong with you? No. <laughs> Genesis 35, verse 16. I'm going to be reading the New Living Translation. He's going to have the King James up on the screen. If we change it, we'll let you know. <clears throat> the New Living says it this way. Verse 16 says, Leaving Bethel, Jacob and his clan moved on toward Ephrath. But Rachel went into labor, and they were still some distance away. Her labor pains were intense. After a very hard delivery, the midwife finally exclaimed, Don't be afraid, you have another son. Rachel was about to die, but with her last breath, she named the baby ben uh, Benoni, which means son of my sorrow. And the baby's father, however, called him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. Let me read that to you again. Verse 18, Rachel was about to die, which means she was drifting away. And her last breath, she named the baby Benoni, which is son of my sorrow. And the baby's father intervened and called him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. It is extremely important what you are called. It's extremely important what you allow yourself to receive. It's extremely important to know that what some people will say about you in the worst moment, even in the last moment of their life, doesn't define the rest of yours. Amen. You know, I, I've, I said this a few weeks ago, and I mean this. We are, we've been a part of the Mercy Project with Walker County, uh, uh, well, with Cordova, and then with Walker County Sheriff's Department. April goes into the jails. Uh, I used to go into the jail in Cordova. We minister to people in, in some of the hardest times of their life. But... Guilty or not guilty, I am completely against, as I've gotten older. Now, when I was younger, I wasn't this way. But as I've gotten older, I am completely against uh, any police department, the minute you get arrested, plastering your face on Facebook. Because I don't want any one person defined by a moment. Because it's their whole life that matters. And that one moment could define the rest of their life if it's taken out of context. And you have a father in this story that recognized that and said, now, wait a minute. I've just lost the love of my life. Now, listen, listen to what's happening here. He just lost the love of his life. Now, if you know the story of Jacob and Rachel, he worked hard for her. I mean, he worked hard, labored hard, went through a lot for her, did everything possible to get her into his life. Went through marrying another sister. I mean, it's just crazy. Went through it. But, but he knew at that very moment, what I say here and now matters so much that what this baby is called will matter the rest of its life. And knowing that in her, he had given everything he could to her, and she's ending her life. Sad, I'm, listen, I'm not making out like this is an easy thing. He was losing the love of his life, but he had a life in front of him that he was responsible for. So don't get so caught up in the fuss of what's going on in your life that you say things. That you cannot take back. I, I, I turned 47 yesterday. And at, at 47 years old, I wish I, I wish I knew at 17 and 27 in my relationship with my wife and my kids what I know now. Because I've said things over my life that I couldn't get back. Y'all puking stuff out you can't put back in. 
And the truth is, God's called you to a place where he wants you to speak like him, think like him, talk like him, act like him. And it takes time. It takes time in relationship, and it takes time. So this series is called Missing. What is missing in your life? What have you allowed? Listen to me now. What have you allowed? What have you accepted? What have you put on the inside of you that caused you to miss things? I have people come to me all the time, especially the type of ministry that we have. And we're all the time here, and if I'd have just known when I was a kid, if, my, if I'd have just known this, if somebody would have just said this, if somebody would have just taught me that, if they'd have told me who I was. I told y'all last week, I lost my father when I was a kid, and, and I spent most of my uh, formative years in a hospital with my dad that affected exactly how I eat food. It affected how I talk about myself. It affected everything in my life. But what we've got to understand is this. Those things might have been defining moments, but when we come into a relationship with Christ, we have to let those moments be redefined. Are y'all with me? Right here, everybody. So what we got to understand is this. It doesn't matter what's been said because you can't go back and fix it. But you can let your heart be mended and molded and repaired and healed. People don't understand how easy it is. It's tough for us. If you've got any age on you at all, you have certainly let life, listen, y'all, I, I, I lied. I wasn't 47. I'm 27. I've just been in ministry a long time. <laughs> but the truth is this. You cannot let what people think, say, or do about you define you. Now, I'm not saying be cold and arrogant and hard. That's not what I'm saying. But I had to learn. My dad, when I'm in that hospital bed, taught me how to be who I am. Good, bad, or ugly. He might have failed miserably, but he taught me. You are always teaching somebody. Always teaching somebody. Somebody's watching you. And if you carry the mark of a Christian, everybody's watching you. And they may talk bad about you. And they Listen, let me explain something to you. When I got saved, all my musician friends, all my drug addict friends, everybody that's in my life, I had to get away from them. I had to change my playground and my playmates. And they talked about me. Y'all don't even know some of the things that were said. But when something goes on, who do you think they're calling? Because it sounds good at the party to talk about Alan or talk about April, talk about you. But when the rubber meets the road and it's their kid with 104 fever, they want you to have everything you say you have. So is that missing in you? Are you so caught up in what you think you are or what somebody's putting? Oh, I'm a Christian, but I just don't know about this. I... Listen, as far, listen to me, I told you last week. Now remember, Jesus is the image that God has for you. He sees you that way. He sent Jesus to show you, this is how I see you. This is how I want you to walk. This is how I want you to love. This is how I want you to talk to people. And Jesus, Jesus wasn't a pushover. Man, he went into a temple and tore the place up. I've been there, I've been close. <laughs> but the truth is, you have to see it the way it was written. The way it was written is that you define yourself by him, not by your failure. Amen. Now, let's try, let me try to give you a few points because I'm, I'm nowhere near where I'm supposed to be, but that's okay. You don't label yourself by your own history. Amen? We're, we're, <laughs> we're in a day and time where history is being rewritten right in front of our eyes. The, the stuff these kids are learning today about history is not what we learned about history. They're learning a washed down version that slants them in a certain way to think a certain way. But when it, when, it, when, it, when it all is really broke loose, there is a history in your life 
that the enemy is trying to get you to think a way you shouldn't think. But you've really got to understand this. Nobody in the kingdom of God, now listen to this, nobody in the kingdom of God is an ex-offender. Are you listening? Nobody in the kingdom of God is an ex-offender. It's all been fixed. He sees you as clean, clear, and holy. When you cover yourself in the blood of Jesus, he sees you the way he designed you to operate. And he's always talking to you to try to get you to talk his way, speak his way, walk his way, do things his way, release his way. Don't be, the worst thing people do is, this, this is my favorite, and I'm just, can I just give you all a pet peeve? This ain't biblical, but it is Alan, Alan Nicole, so listen. Nothing drives me crazy for all you lovingly wonderful people to call me and ask my advice and do something stupid that is not what I told you to do. There's a t-shirt that I have that says, I'm going to do what my pastor said the first time. Somebody sent it to me as a gift. But the truth is, we spend time praying for you. That's what we do. We watch, we're watchers over your souls. That's what we do. We, we don't try to tell you things that will make you happy. We try to tell you things to make you blessed. Your happiness is not God's. He don't wake up every day wondering if you're happy. He doesn't. He wakes up every day wondering, are you in your purpose? And it may take a change to get over into your purpose, but once you get there, happiness just begins to show up. See, being joyful is something that is, is spirit-given. Being happiness is earthly. Something has to happen for you to have it. But in the midst of all hell breaking loose that you can laugh and enjoy because God's got you, what an amazing thing that is. And people miss that relationship with him because they don't understand that they can be that close. Do you understand that the Holy Spirit is a breath away at all times? Amen. Just waiting on you. If I can teach anything to anybody, it's that not only is he always talking, he's always listening. And, and, and I've learned, trust me, I have learned how to stand there and get all the ugly out. Because he knows anyway. Why would I try to hide it? So there, there's no such thing as that. Now listen, if God forgave you, then he expects you to pass forgiveness on. Love is not just a gift that you stockpile. Amen. It's something you're supposed to give away. Amen. Do you understand that the Bible is chock full of these words? Seed, time, harvest. Seed. Now, I'm a word of faith guy, and being a word of faith guy, that immediately starts pushing us into a place where he's going to talk about money. No, no, no. I'm talking about seed. Seed, time, harvest. Everything works that way. Everything. And if you have been given an abundance of love, aren't you supposed to be giving it away so more comes back? Everything is a seed. Everything is a seed. Well, y'all, I just don't believe that. Well, then why are you carrying around things somebody said to you in fifth grade? If you don't believe everything's a seed, why do you still have things bothering you that somebody said to you that you had respect for and are still affecting you? Churches sow seeds every Sunday. Christians sow seed. People who aren't saved, so everybody sows seed. What you're living in now is what you've brought out of you the most. And if you learn to bring up the, the stockpile of love and start giving it away, joy begins to show up in your life. Now, look, I had to learn this because I remember, I remember years, years and years of preaching, loving the crowds and hating the people. 
Because it just got so miserable trying to fix everybody. Our tagline for this church, had it made it through the cut, and she didn't let me make it through the cut. Now, this, I'm just going to tell you where I was as an arrogant person. Some of, you, some of my Caneland guys will remember this. Was going to be fixing dumb one person at a time. That's what I was going to call. Now, that was 20 years ago. Calm down. I had a whole lot of pride then. It's going to be a long drive. <laughs> but that's how I felt. And I found myself saying, now listen to me. I, I'm just being clean and clear. Y'all can be holy all you want to. I'm going to be honest. I found myself saying on a regular basis, I'm surrounded by idiots. Not, not church people. I'm talking about business, jobs, everywhere. It became a habit. And you know what, you know what kept coming into my life? Morons. But you know who the biggest one was? Because I kept saying it. Now, I'm a word guy. I know that my words have power, but yet I keep calling this into my life. So what I'm saying is I had information, but I was missing wisdom. A lot of churches have the right information. A lot of Christians have a lot. I mean, you can, you can go to YouTube. You can go to TV. You can go to 50,000-member churches or five-member churches. You can get information anywhere. But wisdom is the principal thing. With all thy getting, get understanding. That's what, that's what Proverbs says. So you, you have to give away what you've stockpiled, and you should stockpile love. Now, let me say this, because this is my heart behind everything I do here. It's my heart behind the Becoming Center it's my heart. And, and this, this, this is where I have to have April in my life who keeps me balanced because I will overdo trying to help everybody else and kill myself doing it. But my heart is this. God never charged me a thing for me to be better. Amen. All he expected was me. So how can we as a church or the Becoming Center as a men's home or anything that we do for people in any situation, how can we look at them and say, now I expect these three things out of you before I can do for you? We're not releasing him at that point. We're releasing what we want to release. We're, we're stockpiling. Are y'all with me? Because what we've missed is that God has called us to be releasers. We're sowers of seed. You're farmers, whether you know it or not. You got crops. <clears throat> but you got to know what your crops are. Now listen, I'm going to say one last thing. It's, it's 11, now y'all hold me to this. It's 1140, and I made a commitment that I'm going to be out of here by noon. Whew, here we go. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Y'all have all heard this a thousand times. <clears throat> In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty. And darkness covered uh, the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Read this again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was what? Formless and empty and covered with darkness. Now, I'm going to say something to you that I've learned recently and going through, and I've been very honest about being exhausted and tired and weary and well-doing, and the Lord's been working with me on that. And this is what he said. He said, do you realize that I am drawn to your emptiness? That he needs us empty because it attracts him to have something to fill up. But we're so caught up in our own emptiness and we love it, we, we would rather stay empty. 
Then let, because somebody will fill us up. Well, Pastor, I just don't believe that. Mm-hmm. We, we counsel battered women all the time. We counsel men who've been abused by their wives. We counsel people who can't get away. We, we deal with all kind of pastoral care. I pastoral care with people. We'll edit. I can't use the word counsel. But we do that, and we see people all the time that will say, they're my world. Now, they're, they're, they're broken inside and outside. They're empty. But they keep filling themselves up with pain because it's what they're used to. You have what you're used to. And when you try to get yourself to an empty place to where you pour all that ugly out and let God fill you up, some people cannot accept love because you don't love yourself. And you're trying to find it in here, there, and everywhere. And you're trying to be filled up with relationships, and you're trying to be filled up with money, and you're trying to be filled up with jobs and, and all, the things that, 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 all the things that happen in life. And if I just amass enough stuff, he who has the most toys when he dies wins. That's how we think. But you're losing the whole time because your eyes are on the junk in front of you and not on the big picture. When you live your life focused on the fact that all I have to do is get this out. Because let me tell you something. Listen, y'all listen to me, especially all you young people. If, If you live your life in a world of Facebook drama and anger and frustration all the time, you are old and miserable. You are you already old and miserable. It, you, you, hey, listen, all of us who are 30 and older agree with me. Facebook is perpetual high school. It's the biggest joke. Junk. Social media, man. Let me, can I, I'm going to grind an axe right here. You people on social media drive me nuts. Y'all talking about he ain't even come home last night. I care. Why do I care? Why are you putting that out there? You just told whoever he's with he can keep them. Why do y'all do that to yourself? You're building a history that you're going to go back to and pay attention to when you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. The greatest ministry, one of the greatest ministries in the, in the 19th century, Smith Wigglesworth, 23 confirmed people raised from the dead. 23 confirmed by papers that were not Christian. He had snatched him out of a coffin, put him against a wall and commanded him to walk and they'd come up from the dead. Confirmed refused to read anything but the Bible, refused to read the newspaper, refused to have conversations with people who weren't focused on the good things of God because he wouldn't allow his heart to be tainted with the things of this world. And we wake up every day, and, I, and it's, a, it's habitual, it's, it's in our society, it's what we do, but, but we, we want to see who's like something versus going to the Word, and Lord, what do you want to say to me today? Do you imagine how better your marriages would be, how more well-adjusted your children would be, how your friendships would be, how the people you spend time with at work would be, how all of that would be so much more joyful without everybody else's input? I, I put it like this. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I know y'all are all holy and stuff like that, but I've been to jail a few times. And, and here's the thing. That's before I was saved. What y'all laughing at? But here's the thing. If I went to jail, it was usually because I did it. Now, I know in jail, we all innocent, praise the Lord. <laughs> I was too, but I, I'm here. I'm all these years later. I think the, I think the statutes have run out. Um, <laughs> I hope so. 
But here's the thing. I was there because I did it. But we live in a world now where it, we have been trained as people to not accept responsibility for where we're at. And I'm asking you today, what is missing in you? What is missing in you is the responsibility to get quiet with him. What's missing in us is the responsibility to get up 30 minutes early and spend it with him. To walk outside before you, before you look at your phone. Don't check your text. Don't worry about, uh, listen, there ain't nobody loves anybody more than I love that woman. And, and let me tell you something, can't nobody uh, aggressively discuss things like we can. Amen. And that's the truth. But she'll tell you. If I say to her, I know I've heard the Lord, she, she knows I don't use those words flippantly. And she understands I've spent time. What people need from you and from me is to know that you've spent time. A lot of people like to use God. Oh, I feel like the Lord's telling me, okay. So what's, you know, people don't, people don't like for me to do this, but it's true. If the Lord's telling you something, you better be going into your word and rightly dividing that. Because I've heard some crazy stuff. I have. I, I, I came up in the Word of Faith and we were slapping Cadillacs and boat and calling them ours, but they belonged to somebody else. I mean, that's, that's the world I grew up in, in, in the faith. But God has called us to a place. And let me explain something to you. The further you get with God, the less those things matter. The closer I get to Jesus, the less the watches and the planes matter to me. The closer I get to Him, I don't care what I drive. I don't. I don't, I don't care what I wear. I know y'all looking at me today going, I, I, I see. <laughs> I don't care. I care about him. I care about him so much to the point that even in, my, even in my darkest place, I figured out that in my darkest place, he is so attracted to my emptiness. He's trying to put something in there. He's always giving. He's always giving. He's always sowing. He's always loving. He's always kind. He's always trying to pull me back. He's always talking to you. But all he wants you to do is hear. And we got to clean out the noise. You got to clear out the trash. You got to stop listening to the voices. There were, when God was not present, there were three voices in the Garden of Eden Adam, Eve, a lie. Stop listening to third voices. Because Eve was carrying on a conversation with something she had dominion over. Every day of your life, the enemy is trying to pull you into accepting the lie that you don't have any power over the chaos in your life. You have been given by the blood of Jesus the power to calm. Amen. Jesus stood on a boat. After his disciples woke him up, the very first thing they said is, don't you even care that we're going to die? Sounds like church people. I mean, I ain't trying, I'm not, we got a wonderful church, other church, says other church people. Don't you even care what I'm going through, Lord? They've got love on the boat with them, and they can't even accept it. They're carrying love with them, but they're not carrying love in them. People all over the world can talk the game. But God, I'm telling you, God's at a place where words are cheap now. It's time to start doing and being and saying and releasing. And if God is always sowing into you, he's expecting you to always be sowing into someone else. 
He's asking you, listen, how amazing is it that God has given you the unique position to stand before him and talk about people and to stand before people and talk about him, and he uses you as his ambassador. And he says, I love you enough that I'm putting me on you so you can be me on that planet. All you have to do is do it my way, and what's in me is in you. And what I can say and do, you can say and do. But you just got to do it my way. And his way is love. His way is peace. Listen, I'm going to give you all some some things that, that April and I have learned over the years. When it's God, it's easy. Doesn't mean it's effortless. When we walked in this building, there was effort. But we walked in easy. They told us we couldn't afford a build. We couldn't afford a build. God said, hey, y'all, watch this. Now, here's the thing. If you're having to drive, push, lose sleep, and try to fix, that ain't God. You can't fix yourself. Why are you trying to fix the people around you? The easiest way to fix you, and listen, I'm I'm fixing to give you wisdom I wish I had when I was a kid and right after my father died. I want you to say about you what he says about you, and your life will change. Don't say what I say about you. Don't say what he says about you, they says about you. Don't say what anybody, don't, don't worry about your coworkers. Get in the word for yourself and find out what he says. And this is what he says. It never changes. He says, you're mine. He says, there's nothing you can do to cause me to walk away. There's nothing. He sent Jesus to pay a price that you couldn't pay. And when Jesus went to the cross, he took every one of the things that you go through to the cross with him. Jesus died for you and as you. Now, I'm just fixing to mess with you theologically, but... Jesus took everything to the cross and it died with him. Everything you're dealing with, somebody, you or somebody over you has resurrected that with their mouth. And it's time to put that back in check. Well, you just don't understand, Pastor. No, no, I may not, but I don't have to. But I promise you he does because he carried it to the cross. The Bible says that Jesus had no beauty left in him when he went to the cross. Have you ever done a research on that? There, you can go to the Mayo Clinic, the webpage. And I did this years ago. Actually, my first sermon was on this when I was back in my 20s. You can download the actual scientific medical sheet on everything Jesus went through before he went to the cross. And there is no humanly way possible for him to have lived to the cross. The anointing kept him alive. So everything, the Bible says he had no beauty left in him. He went to the cross after he was beaten, after he was scourged. Now, let me tell you something. you got a Roman soldier who is demonically possessed, beat him till he could. I probably beat him in half, and God kept, I mean, just, there's a whole lot I believe that I can't talk about. But here's the thing. He had to hold, he had to hold his physical body together. He had to hold his internal organs in Y'all got to understand, this was for you. This was for you. And yet we'll shout about football. Because we don't understand what was really done for us. That when he went to the cross, whatever your issue is, was on him. The Bible says he had no beauty left in him. Physical deformities. 
Disease had creeped into his body. The anointing was completely pulled. The protection was pulled. So everything on this planet, diseases you hadn't even heard about yet or things we've eradicated was on his body. So that would give us the power that by the blood of Jesus Christ, we could, when our kids are sick, when your parents are sick, when you're sick, when your friends are you have the power to say, in the name of Jesus, you can't operate here. But it's good in church. But when people are listening, we get embarrassed. It amazes me how people do. He is the most important thing in my life. Because without him, I'm a drug addict. I'm going to be very clear. Y'all have no idea how many times she lifted my head up just for me to breathe. Dying on my own puke. Say, I'm appreciative of Jesus. This ain't just church to me. He's attracted to my emptiness. But I have to let him fill me up. Listen, good preaching ain't going to fix you. If good preaching and good music was going to fix you, you've been to enough church that you should be whole. It amazes me how many churches and preachers will chase, but we don't chase Jesus. He needs us as much as we need him because you're his voice. You're his example. You're everything he needs. What is missing, this is what's missing. The Bible says Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. That which was lost is not those which was lost. That which was lost was the relationship. Every divorce happens because of a loss of relationship. Every business split happens because of a loss of relationship. Every church split happens before, because of a loss of relationship. Every church member that quits going to church happens because of a loss of relationship. Everything that, that could possibly break that breeds has to do with the loss of relationship first. And yet the book of Mark and Matthew says Jesus came to seek and to save that. Because if he could get that... He could get you. See, if he got that, oh my gosh, I lied. If he could get that, the contract is now made in blood. It's a legal decision now. Satan has no say because he don't hold the contract anymore. The minute blood was shed, the covenant broke with the enemy and started with you. You didn't just get to repent. You get to start repenting. Praise my God, I repent every day. I've been doing it for 27 years. I need to. So do some of y'all. Because I know y'all, and I know me. And this is the thing. Even when I'm repenting of my biggest mess, he's not mad at me. He's not angry with me. He wants the best for me, and he knows how to get me there. He just wants me to listen. I just want my kids to listen. Where's Hannah? She's in the back, so I can talk about her. I love Hannah. Y'all know Hannah. She's like, she's like Woody from Toy Story. She, you know, she's, she'll just fall. If you tell Hannah, go get Christy, Hannah will go. I don't see her. True? True? Y'all, y'all know Hannah. That's true. I just want her to look and listen. God's the same way. God just wants you to listen and to look. The Bible says this in the book of Jeremiah. I'm sorry, in the book of Nehemiah, that he was on the wall to watch what God was saying. You hear the words? To watch what God was saying. 
Because God talks in your heart. He talks with pictures. He talks with scenarios. He talks with opportunities. He talks with the option to obey or disobey. If you disobey, he still loves you. But he's saying over here, amazing things are about to happen. Amen. That sounds like a Jesus I can follow. I'm tired of hearing about this this God that kills people. I'm tired of hearing about this God that causes car wrecks. I'm tired of hearing preachers preach that God needs another angel in heaven. I wish the idiots would read their Bible. The Bible don't talk about that. And yeah, I did say that. Go tell them Pastor Allen said that. Because they don't read this. This says you are the head and not the tail. This says you're above and not beneath. This says you're the apple of my eye. This says I want you close. This says I need you using my blood to do things that I'm not there to do. I've given you legal, operational ability to do my word. And all he needs is somebody to do it. Don't raise your hands, but if I asked your employer that you do everything exactly like they tell you to do it, is that you? Don't raise your hands. (laughs) <laughs> because, because you, you, we find our own way. I've, I've worked for people before. I've run my own business. I mean, I, I've got my own rules I break sometimes. Oh, it's better if I do it this way. Just figured that out. However, God's got a manual that doesn't change. And he says, my burden is what? Easy. And my yoke is light. Which means this. This is what it says. If I, if I, if I take $1,000 and I hand it to my wife, now we play it. <laughs> and I say, go put this in the bank. And she goes and puts it away. It's now in her account. That was easy. That was light. I asked her to do it. She did it. She benefited. That's how the Bible works. You hear what he's saying. You do it. You benefit. Y'all, God never asked you to go make speeches in your prayers for over people. God never asked you to make an open show of your life. He called you to be light, not a spectacle. Amen. However, light's pretty bright. Amen. And he's called you to love people. The greatest light that you have is to be that person that was empty and watching love fill you up. Because as there comes a place where you begin to overflow and people see you different. And you can't stand in front of a crowd and say that God's angry because the God that you've encountered is not angry. You can't stand in front of a crowd of people and say that God took your loved one because you need another angel in heaven because that's not the God I serve. The God that I serve, bless... One minute. Oh, Jesus, help me. He cannot give you what he does not have. He cannot give you... If he doesn't possess sickness... If Jesus took it to the cross and crucified it, in the heavenlies it's dead... In God's mind, he can't possess it, therefore he can't give it to you. So don't live your life thinking God did this to me, this earth did this to you, the enemy did this to you, and God's given you a way of escape. We just have to get there and figure it out. He's always, are y'all okay? He's always talking to you. He's always bringing healing and grace and love and kindness and peace. But are you empty enough from all the junk in this world to hear it? Have you cleared out all the mess that's in your brain every day? I used to. I don't anymore. But my wife will tell you, I I have really, and I repented to you guys three weeks ago about this. I was open and honest about where I had found myself being weary. But years ago, my wife would, would see me. I had this box in my brain. 
and I could just ease into that place and it was just me and him. Nothing mattered. I used to be able to, she used to tell me all the time, you don't care about nothing. And I didn't. Not in a bad way. But 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, casting the whole of my care on him because he cares for me. I lived that. And somehow I started letting things get in me that I used to be really good to not let get in there. Because for whatever reason, the enemy just begins to wear you down. Now listen, where are you wore down at? What are you missing? If you're missing Jesus, we're about to fix that. If you're missing wholeness, we're going to pray about that. But you got to understand, all he wants to do, he's attracted to your brokenness, not to be broken with you, but to heal it up. He's attracted to the things that he needs to fix. So we're fixing to pray. And all I need you to do is get real in your heart. You ain't got to be saying stuff to people. It ain't their business. But let's let Jesus fix us today. Amen? Y'all stand to your feet with me.